Welcome to Windsor Watch with me, Sarah Southern, and I'm yet again this week joined by the absolutely fabulous Elliot Granger. A pleasure to be here as always. And yeah, James Clothier has joined us again. Anyway, <laughs> we do love him, listeners. We do love him sometimes. Uh, now we come to, to podcast this week with the absolutely wonderful news that another baby's on its way. Always joyous news. We love babies on this podcast. Lovely. But literally before you guys arrived at the recording studio, we learned that Princess Beatrice and Edda were pregnant. Yay! Does that fill your world with it's joy? It's great. How long have they been married? About a year. They got married in July last year. Yeah. Oh, nice. And they also neatly timed it on the... Um, Anniversary of Harry and Meghan's wedding. I know. <laughs> well, I guess sneak, they had no choice. That in that. Yeah, sneak that in. I guess they had no choice but to announce it today. During the autumn, that'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be very nice. Her but first, it, his second. Yeah, lovely. I'm delighted. That I think. Congratulations. Be the, it'll probably be the, if all babies come when they're meant to come. I think it'll be the fourth great grandchild born in 2021 for the Queen. How, wow. how does this fit with your theory that royals only have sex once a year? That <laughs> 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 they're all born roughly no, the same time. No, I don't think they have sex once a year. I think they definitely have sex when they're at Balmoral to fill the time. So Christmas. Right. So yeah. So when was this one conceived? It was June. I do. It was a very let's, very let's detailed. Wait, let's yeah. wait and see yeah. when it's born. Let's wait and it's see. It's a lockdown baby. It's awesome. Lovely. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think you, have... you've made Elliot clutch his pearls there. Got, <laughs> got a little bit too much, James. James, you've <laughs> gone a little bit too saucy <laughs> <When they> too <laughs> early. When they got friendly. But it is three years since uh, we had a wonderful day out celebrating the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I mean, the biggest thing to realise, of course, it's the same date, and yet that felt beautifully spring-like and warm. And currently, it's freezing. Yeah, mm. it's quite. The weather is quite bad here in London at the moment. Uh, we've had hail this week, <laughs> which isn't what you would expect in May. But that wedding, three years, crumbs, a lot has happened to that couple it, in three years. It really years. has, hasn't it? Total course change. It's really interesting just like reflecting back on how we felt that day because we had a huge party. Loads of our friends came. Dressed up. We all dressed up. Well, Elliot and I dressed up as though we were going to the wedding. Everybody else just turned up in like normal clothes. Very disappointing listeners. Uh, and we all wore masks of different members of the oh, royal family. <laughs> we had a garden party. We were Plenty just... Of bunting. So much bunting. And we were just filled with with joy and love. And it was a great ceremony. And that's the thing that we keep coming back to with everything that's happened since. And this sort of, there was a real sense of joy and a real sense of support with the couple. And then things happened. Yeah, mm. it has taken quite a turn. Hasn't Lots it? of things have happened this week, haven't they? Well, I do feel, guys, that we should maybe rename this podcast What Have Meghan and Harry Done This Week? <laughs> yeah, well, but they're very good at publicising what they are doing. Because they're very public in what yes. they're doing. Literally, after we'd gone to Pixel, as it were, last week. <laughs> The following morning, I tuned into one of my absolute favourite podcasts, uh, Armchair Expert, with Dax and Monica, and Prince Harry was their guest! And I could not believe it. Like, I was messaging you two immediately, being like, OMG, down with this podcast immediately. You must listen, you must listen. And it's quite interesting, because I've not listened to many of that kind of podcast. They sort of have much more sort of... Um, more of a Radio 4 kind of Yeah, guy. much more of a Radio 4 kind of a podcast. A little bit of BBC Sounds. Um, but I, <laughs> and James I, doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't on it, you wouldn't have a clue. Still no idea. Still not a clue. Um, but it was fascinating and revolutionary. And of course, since then, it's been in all the newspapers and everyone's been having to say something about it. So, so we should join that course. What, 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 what are your key take-home points from the podcast? Well, for me, in the first instance, wowzers, what a change in status. I mean, wow. Because if you think, the first podcast that Prince Harry recorded was Bryony Gordon at the Daily Telegraph, who has a podcast about mental health. Mm. And her first guest 
was Prince Harry a few years ago, I think back in 2017. And she's spoken about when she recorded it, she only had a certain lot period of time. It was recorded at Kensington Palace. It was very much on his terms. Flash forward to the spring of 2021, uh, Harry had to travel for an hour and a half right? to get to the yeah. attic above the garage where Monica and Dax record the podcast. A bit like this. No. A bit like where we are now in our <laughs> little homemade studio. And it was he was there for about an hour and a half, two hours. And it is just such a change in how he's approaching these things. So I found that like incredible because I was like, oh, I bet they've recorded it over Zoom. No. And they said to him, oh, we're really pleased that you've come all this way. And he's like, oh, it wasn't too bad. I just read my notes in the car. And they were like, yeah, but it's an hour and a half's drive. And I was like, oh, my word. And it reminded me of that bit in The Crown when uh, the Duke of Windsor needs to meet with the Archbishop of Canterbury. And he says to his staff, yes, we'll just tell them to come at four. And they're like, no, 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 sir you need to go to Lambeth Palace. Like, they're more senior than you now. So. And I kind of felt this like real role reversal of like his status. And that, but that's what came across in the whole thing. It was, just, it, was, it was a really casual chat. There was a lot of swearing. Oh, Elliot. You're the only person who's sworn on this website, know, on this podcast. I know, it's nice about that. But I was, it was, uh, yeah, when someone was swears on the podcast, it's quite No. Uh, no, right, Dax okay. swears. But um, the, some of the conversation they had was just very matey. Mm. And it felt very much like we were seeing the Prince Harry who we hadn't seen, um, who, we, who you'd probably have got to know if you were in the officer's mess with him. Right. It was very easy going, very mm. happy to chat, very man of the people. And for me, the big thing that began to, began to feel like is you could see what they mean by silenced and not able to say what they want to say. And I think the sort of court structure of, of, of the palace here just meant that they were constrained. And we've always wondered about what they mean. They've got this huge platform. But actually hearing him talk like that, you think... Ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. I see what you're saying in that actually you do have a lot to say quite intelligently mm. um, and quite interestingly. And it'll be really interesting to see how that develops over the next few years. I, th- I think we should just say for the benefit of anyone who hasn't listened to it, the key point that was made or that's attracted all the attention is that he talked about the genetic hurt that he suffered, that um, <clears throat> his... That, he, but that isn't what he said. No, no, okay. but the, That's the what, way it's been reported. How it's been interpreted, and I, and I did read what he said, was that, it, to, to, you, you can summarise it yourself, but I, as far as I read it, he said that his father had been affected negatively by the way he was brought up and schooled. And it has been reported that that was a criticism of the Queen, who's of course still in Because that's how I heard it. But the way that they, the context and, in which and, they uh, were talking about it, though, was um, they've been talking about PTSD in soldiers. Mm. And one of the things that Harry was saying was, actually, a lot of the way that soldiers are recruited, they're from areas where people are already dealing with quite challenging things. They might have grown up in challenging households. And often the PTSD isn't having been on the front line. It's almost like the straw that broke the camel's back that has led to this. And he then started to talk about, it's about breaking the cycle of these things that are happening. He then brought it into his own childhood. And he said, you know, looking back, I look at the schooling that my father had and the impact that that had on him and how he then brought it into my childhood. And I guess at some point I had to decide what's the best way of breaking that cycle. And clearly the answer was going to America. So it's not as well, though no, he... I do think he was being slightly critical. However, he, not as critical as has been reported no, in the newspaper. he does mention his father's parents. And his father's parents are the Duke of Edinburgh and the Queen of England. Our, our queen. queen of the United Kingdom sorry, and the Commonwealth. Yes. Oh, Americanism sneaking into my language. Sorry. Oh, easy there, Tiger. Um, 
and I th- it, it was those moments where it just felt like you're you're sort of comparing yourself to some of these soldiers who come from some of the most broken homes in Britain to you. Who and, lives in Paris. And this is the thing he keeps making. But this is the thing that keeps being made all the way through the program is everyone has mental. Everyone has a mental health, and everyone can therefore have mental health issues. It doesn't matter whether you're in a palace or whether you're in a small cottage and you know mm. the outskirts of the estate. That you, your mental health mm. is mental health, and I get that. The access to support and the access to the ability to understand and come o- overcome these challenges is much greater for someone like him. Mm. The other thing that also was when I almost switched off and thought, no, I can't listen to this, is when he was like, and I just didn't realise until I was made aware of it by my wife. And yeah, like, that was oh, a bit cringe. Days. That was a bit cringe. Yeah. Because also I'm sure he was aware of it because, as we know, he was speaking about mental exactly. health back we in 2017. Ages, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, but interestingly, on the, on the podcast, he said that he hadn't received therapy until he met Megan. Yeah, and but he also said that he got married three days before he did. Well, true. I mean, <laughs> no, he's confused. There's also this element of it's a very it's a different approach the British are much more cry on the inside like a winner put your shoes on get on with life mm. the Californians are much more like oh go and weep on someone's sofa it's a very different approach to mental health mm. and we are changing in this country a bit, being a little bit more touchy-feely emotional about it all and that is possibly a good thing but at the same time there's also something to be said for you do just have to carry on with life and what they've done what, what he seems to be implying from some of this is actually you need a complete break you need to change everything and for a lot of people you're not able to do that. There's a lot of conversation in that podcast about privilege. And I don't think there was an understanding that their ability as these people to overcome the challenges they've overcome, both Dax and, and Harry, is because of their privilege. Yeah. And, but then, and so there's but an Dax, element of that in it as well. A bit, a bit of deafness in that part but of But I think this is why someone like Dax interviewing um, Prince Harry is quite interesting. Because Dax hasn't come from privilege at all. He came from a very middle-of-the-road family, very violent family. Yes. Uh, you know, his stepfather was very violent. And he talks about it very openly on the podcast, which led to him becoming an addict. You know, he's 16 years sober, although he did have a relapse with prescription drugs last summer. And, you know, that's he is a very much an open book on the podcast. And I thought that was what was fascinating about him talking to Harry about this, because Harry hasn't been an open book. And I think it le- drew a lot of things out. Yeah. And at times it almost felt as though Harry was counselling Dax, wasn't it, at times? It was. And actually that was one of the most fascinating parts of it, is that he was on their podcast, but a lot of the, co- the conversation was led by him. He did a lot of questioning. Mm. And it'll be interesting to see how he takes that forward. In A, the programme he's doing with Oprah, the whole purpose of him doing the podcast to promote his new programme. Which I think comes out on Apple TV on Friday. Friday, yeah. Well, an- another thing that we should refer to before moving on to the uh, Apple TV programme about which there's much to say is that he also talked about the First Amendment on this podcast well, in a didn't. way which well he, he did and he didn't well, he, did. he did talk about the First Amendment Sarah he said what the First Amendment allows is bonkers and I don't really know anything about this but some of the things because was... in, in reference to a picture that was taken of Meghan taking their child to school that appeared in the New York Post that showed Archie's face and was only published in the United States, but wasn't published here. But it was more to so, do with the fact that the Paps are relentless in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like, wake yes. up, Harry. What did you think? Why did well, you like- no, because actually that was that was a really interesting part of the conversation. Going, you know, as Dax and his wife and Harry and his wife are in the public eye, and to some extent, Meghan obviously chose to become an, an actress and become famous. Harry mm. was talking about it from the other perspective of as a child of a famous person. Mm. Do you never have the choice to decide that that's the life you want? And it's Dax was talking about that with his children. His children are photographed, but they didn't choose this. They're just his children. That doesn't and make him them and his public. wife no, uh, actually led a campaign. Yeah, and it's, um, I think yeah, it's really yeah, of course. But this is the thing that if Harry is a is a campaigner for 
um, press regulation uh, and that not. Surely he should have realised that in England, you can't print a picture of a child's face unless they've posed up for it or the parent have said it's okay. There's really, really strict rules about that. In America, you can. That's so, the point he's making. Yeah, so he's only like, don't realise that. Why did he, if, if he's worried about his child being photographed, stay in England? Because that the press are far more regulated here than they are there. But the, but his it, he, his life doesn't feel like that because no. the way the paparazzi have um, constantly pursued him, famously pursued his mother. There's 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 that tension. There. We have to talk about his mother. There's there's a, a very very good point made that um, I saw today that in 2017 William and Harry made a documentary for ITV about the 20 year anniversary of their mother's mm. death, and William prefaced it all by saying. This is the last time we're really going to talk so openly and publicly about our mother mm. because it's been 20 years. We're letting ITV see all these clips. We're both talking about it and talking about her, but that's it now. And there's been an agreement since then that neither of them would discuss their mother. It would be partly because it's causes so much pain to their father, partly because it's intrusive. They don't need to do it. It's a, it's a troubling history, their relationship with their mother and what happened. And Harry coming out now and saying... The Apple TV programme's got him talking about his mother. Uh, well, we don't know what's on the Apple TV programme. Well, we do yet. know a little bit because we've seen clips in the advert. He um, doesn't talk about his mum in the clips. There's a there's a footage of him walking behind the coffee. But he might talk about the consequence of that. He like, would've... let's not put words in his mouth until no, we've no, heard them. Th- that's true, but if he has agreed them to use footage of him walking behind his mother's coffin... Well, they wouldn't need to agree that because... That's public footage. They can get that I would from... think... Well, we shall see, won't we? We will see. I would be prepared to bet my house that he will say something. He will mention his mother on this Apple TV. Well, the poor kid was 12 years old when his mum died. You know, that's going to have a deep impact. I'm I'm not saying he shouldn't talk about his mum. It's up to him to talk. It's his mum. He can talk about what he likes. But that's going to try things with William. There's also a reality, isn't there? Because, um, well, if you talk about... There's two things, so many things. Um, He he is recognising that, obviously, there was that trauma in his youth as anybody would can understand but there is this, still an obsession in the public about talking about Diana as well mm. Mm. and so there is any time that it comes near one of the anniversaries or it's anything about them as parents or their children it, everything is compared back to how Diana was with them he talked about his mother in the in the armchair expert podcast as well yes in that way in that way but he talked about that's he talked about his relationship with his mother and William had made it very clear four years ago that's enough now. I don't think Harry gave anything new or particularly incitive about his relationship with her other than she said, he said she, you know, she wasn't around for very long because obviously he was only 12 or 11 when she died. Um, I but, suppose actually William, has William mentioned his, were those Mother's Day cards? Did they mention Granny? I think you're being well, a little, to Granny Diana. But I think you're being yeah, a little bit too analytical in it. And, and something you say then to ITV and maybe the, the means they won't do that kind of thing with ITV again but yeah. I think him talking about it and talking about it so openly was really interesting. Mm. But the way he was talking about it, the, you, it felt, the, the, for, for me, it felt like the scales from, fell from my eyes of feeling like we were seeing the real Harry for the first time. And that was what was so interesting. And that, I think, is what we're going to see a lot more of. Definitely. Um, in the, in the, the, the forthcoming TV series, but what they do next. And um, the way he was on that podcast, it'll be really interesting to see him doing interviews with people because I think he had a real natural ability to eke out things from people and just discuss naturally with people. And I think that comes from the experience he's had of being a member of the royal family, of meeting all these different people, of constantly having to engage in conversation with people who are nervous or unsure. Mm. And it was really warming to hear it the way he engaged in, at, at such a level in that conversation. But 
It's also what we've been saying on this podcast repeatedly. It's that move. And he is now very firmly celebrity, not royalty. Yeah, that's true. Also, do you see this week, they're winding up the um, Sussex Foundation well, they did, but they did that ages ago. It's just it's now been struck off by companies' hands. Yeah, that's right. But it means so that they're formally. It's it basically takes a long time to wind down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But they're, 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 it's them. It's another sign of them saying, "England, we're done with you." Yeah, but they did that months and months and months I ago. So. so, but that doesn't surprise me. Like the the way that they're going to engage is going to be where that they live, and I thought, felt in that podcast that um, Harry did with Dax and Monica he highlighted that he'd had these feelings when he was in his 20s and that fear of, well, how am I going to have a normal life? I don't think I want this job of being a royal. So I feel as though a lot of the criticism that's put on Meghan was firmly founded in Harry and has been for a decade and a half, but it was him getting married and having that opportunity to move elsewhere that let him do it. Yes. Do, do we think he was that miserable back then? Yeah. Or, is, or is this post, and I no, do I post-match he analysis? No, he has been. Definitely. But if it was talked about at the time. But take the post-match analysis and look back at it. And it was talked about at the time. And the, obviously there were moments when he quite famously sort of went off the rails. They talked about the Las Ve- what happens in Las Vegas is very public. I know, Dax was obsessed. He was like, you've got such a oh body. <laughs> I loved, I love that sort of man crush thing yeah. that's going on. It was really interesting <laughs> to see that sort of level of it. It was like, this is very odd. Um... Uh, but I think if we look back on it, you know, the way he was so close to his brother and um, Catherine when they got married, and the, they became that trio, mm. and I just think it was that, that was that supportive mechanism. And I think part of the way he's now so clearly ruptured, and what he said about his father, uh, or or implied about his upbringing yeah. and how he he was struggling with a bit of that, um, it it will be really interesting to see if there is, how they make that um, rapprochement. Because it did feel that yeah, we're coming back together. Oh, coming yeah. back together. Yeah, um, no, because you're right. it definitely felt like it was another sort of case of going, you haven't supported me the way I wanted to be supported. Um, and now I'm in America and now I'm able to speak and now I'm able to do this. It's all much better. Also, his point of view has changed because he's now a father. Yeah. And he's got a second child. He's a husband. His role in what he needs to do has altered. So therefore, yeah. it's bound to have altered how he's viewing things, how he's engaging with the Very rest true. of his family. What, what slightly got me, I thought, you know, he made this interview during Mental Health Week. Or I don't know whether it's Mental Health Week in America as well, but d- d- might he have thought a little bit more about his father's mental health? A man who we know is sensitive uh, and cares deeply and feels things very deeply and can't defend himself very easily because that's the course of action he's taken and his son who let's not forget is 36 years old so a grown-up and as you say a father of one about to be father of two goes on a podcast which is broadcast to the world and basically says i don't think i was brought up right but he didn't say that okay he, he says didn't say there that. were de- there were it's scars definitely implied in there, it's definitely I implied i didn't feel as though it was oh, okay, implied you, you, in such an aggressive way but it's also not new because we all famously sort of know that charles hated his childhood um, yeah. And so now we're hearing that Harry didn't enjoy his childhood. Knowing that the royals don't enjoy their childhood, is, it's just, that's part of being brought up an aristocrat. It's all a bit cold, but damp and, you know, miserable. Mm, dogs and horses. I think also, he was a bit foolish, perhaps, to be critical, because, let's be realistic, we all, at times, thought our parents were terrible. And then as you get older, you go, oh, they were just doing their best. Yeah, they were yeah. just being parents. They were, they were just holding it together yeah. <laughs> with sellotape, <laughs> hoping for yes, the best. Yes, and, you know, holding it together with sellotape while also being completely and constantly in the public eye. Yeah, it so it can't be terribly easy. challenging to And I would imagine that. that probably Harry feels a bit resentful about the fact that 
his poor mother was being cheated on, literally from the honeymoon onwards. True, but okay, I, it goes no, the no, no, I'm not. We're not going into that bit of the conversation. You love Camilla I, too much. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the lack of empathy on Harry yet again. The the, the Prince Philip is barely cold. And uh, his father, Prince Charles, is mourning that terribly. Is he still in Wales in his place of mourning? I don't know, whatever. It's just the wrong time. It's the wrong time to say, fine, sell these things, but don't do it so soon after the funeral. Well, then that's also Give it a month it's, it's now linked to the launch of the TV. Well, and that's what it's he, now has, he has a commercial schedule. Business, yeah. exactly. He has commitments He's now. subject to a, a commercial schedule. And a contract. And, yes, and a contract. And I'm sure if he'd said to Apple, look, can we just put this off for six months? They'd say, no, sweetheart, do it now. Stop Need promoting cash, it. Need yeah. the cash. <laughs> like... I just, that's what makes me feel really uneasy. He's saying, poor me, poor me, when his father is mourning, his granny's mourning, just give it some time. He, but he's mourning as well, and maybe... And did, did he, he talk being, much about Prince Philip in the interview? No, but being generous... Prince but Philip being generous about it, maybe the... the, the and I really am trying to... He didn't mention his grandfather it, at all. But maybe the death of his grandfather has made him focus on what's the problem. Then what's he doing? Maybe he said, I don't want to And his family situation... Well done. We've well, read all where his dad... His, he didn't, didn't talk okay. about his dad. He didn't talk about his family. No, he didn't. He talked about it in the context of wider other things. And I in the context of himself. It was very self-indulgent, a lot of it. Well, I didn't think it was. I mean, I felt it was more explosive than the Meghan Oprah interview in that I felt it was seeing things that a member of the royal family has said that has not been said in any other type very of interview. Very much so. And the, the format of it and all of those things. But actually, for the majority of it, they were talking about issues in the, in the wide. It, they weren't looking at using things. their personal experiences. Yeah, they yeah. weren't talking about things in the micro. It was very much macro, and I think that yes, he mentioned his father in that way. But it, it's again, he talked. My father didn't enjoy his schooling. That was it. He wasn't talking in a well. Actually, William and I hated this X Y Z. It was very much in a very gentle sweep. In the same way, when he talked about the First Amendment, he said. I know that America views the First Amendment very differently. However, is it right that people can fly drones into my garden and take pictures of us when we're having family time? I'd be inclined to say, I don't think that is right. But if the First Amendment means that much to Americans, well, it's, so be it. And, and it, that was the thing that, to me, made it feel very clear about how it's shifted now. He is very overtly, and with the live, Vax Live thing, very overtly getting involved in political conversations mm-hmm. in a way that the royal family... Have cannot. never done, and it'll come up in my minor of the week later as well. But that it, it causes problems in that restriction of being a member of the royal family and being able to talk on certain things. He doesn't have that now, so he can sort of say, "I think the First Amendment is a bit bonkers." Well, because as most Europeans would look at it and go, "It's a bit bonkers." Hold on, I mean, it, it, it's not—he's not the first royal. I mean, Charles talked a lot about politics. Has famously written all those black spider letters. Well, those ministers. Mm. The point is, is that as, what Harry hasn't realised is that as soon as a royal gets involved in politics, they get burned really quickly because politicians say, no, you're not elected, back off, mate. And Diana got involved in, um, well, sort of geopolitics and that was fine because she did it and HIV a lot, of course. But then it was all about the victims. Harry should look at his parents' experience and realise that you need to be really careful, really careful. Except, of course, and the saying, spider letters were private to government ministers and they only came out later and I wonder whose interest that was in. Well, indeed, so. Well, look, but, I, feel... I mean, it's not, he's not the first to get involved in politics. But, oh, no, not but, but, sure. but he won't be the he won't be the last to get told. Edward the Seventh got involved back in the uh, in the Victorian. And period. that ended well. Yeah. Well, look, I feel as though yet again, Harry and Meghan have done something that have dominated our week, has made us listen to more podcasts than we perhaps needed to. I mean, we could do an entire segment on Dax and Monica and the dynamic. Oh my they god, have they're so good, aren't they? They incredible. get twenty mil- million listeners a month, by the way, guys. Well, 
And we must be somewhere near that, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> no yeah, doubt, yeah. next week, we will have all watched the new TV show on Apple. <laughs> we can talk about Harry and Meghan. I haven't got Apple TV. Well, oh. I did watch, did you watch the clip? It's two minutes, 30 seconds you, people crying. You can read everyone's opinions about it the yeah. next day. Yeah, I can. Boo-hoo. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, we're, yet again, thank you, Prince Harry, for providing immense Oh, and reassuringly, of, of course, the chickens are well. Oh, yeah. It's always so good <laughs> yeah. to know. The chickens are thriving and laying eggs. <laughs> yeah. Well, other good news that we've heard this week is, obviously, it's the Queen's Jubilee next year. And to celebrate beyond the Jubilee... Beyond excited. Beyond excited. Yeah. I know that you'll be getting your bunting out. But she wants us to all plant some trees. Already done it. Already done it. Already <laughs> done it. Our silver birch went in. Had to go in in February, because you can't plant bare root trees at this time of year. So it's a bit of a funny but time to launch will you not have to plant it? one next year as well? Well, we will always plant more trees. Well, I think we should plant a Windsor Watch tree then. <gasps> yeah, we should. Put yeah. a plaque on it's it. It's such a good idea. A Jubilee. Like a... Like a a gorilla planting, just go and shove it out in the roundabout. I don't think if you plant a gorilla, it grows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. we'll gorilla plant, gardening. We'll, we'll plant a tree in the little uh, park near here. Uh, but yeah, no, that, I thought that was very nice, and I'm pleased that the Queen is keen to have more the trees. The Queen's canopy campaign is brilliant. Because obviously, so she's good. planted how many trees during 1,500. It's phenomenal. She's planted more, more than 1,500. Probably 15,000. No, no. Well, personally, or yeah, no, in, in of, her name. No, personally. No, when she goes to things, you know, when with, she was with younger, a spade she and all that. dig a spade, mm. plant a tree. Yeah. Um, and so the fact, and it just connects so well to the current zeitgeist of what everyone's worried about. And it's, just, it's a brilliant, brilliant thing to do. She's had her get involved in politics a bit, isn't it? Not tangentially, tangentially, exactly, exactly, and that's how you do it. Tangential environment for the world. She's not saying COP twenty six plant think trees. People saying planting trees is over. I think it's political. very much what the royal family do: plant trees, yes. cut ribbons. Exactly, gentle politics. Well, we, we all like trees. We all like trees. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm and, less convinced by that, Sarah. <laughs> no, I like trees. Once more with feeling. We all like trees. Uh, well, look, we're getting to that uh, favourite point of the show, which is, of course, minor royal. Oh, great! We'll need to find my notes. And Elliot has been designated to select the minor role of the week. And I see he has done homework, listeners. I've done a little bit of research because I I, I realised that we've been a little bit amateur in our approach. Oh, amateur, goodness. Well, if that's how you want to view it, let's hear your professional opinion. I'm not saying it's professional, I'm just like, I've made some... What's the opposite of amateur, is Is it more than they're old and wear clothes? Come on then. Let's hear it. That was my favourite bit about Princess Alexandra. <laughs> it was the she only bit about Princess out. Alexandra. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, listeners, I'm going to talk about um, David and uh, and David Armstrong, Anthony Jones. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, because uh, well, uh, known most famously to most of us is Viscount Linley, but of course now not the Viscount Linley. Mm. He's the second. Sarah Chandler's brother. Is he the furniture guy? Exactly. He is the furniture guy. Right. Which is also not really probably. You know, how we refer to him, you know, <laughs> nephew of the Queen. Perhaps. The cabinet maker. But he's another one. So I did this with Princess Alexandra. Why is she so important? Well, when she was born, she was sixth in line. And when uh, David was born, he was fifth in line to the throne. So it's one of those things where they um, you come into the world very important and very close to the power. And slowly, unfortunately, because, you know, nephew. Yeah. Most starts to move down the line. But things like he stood guard when the Queen Mother died as one of the male grandchildren alongside... Uh, Charles and Andrew and Edward. So it's that part of that sort of generation. Um, but there's a couple of things about him that are really interesting. One, he wasn't great at school, but went off and did woodwork. And academically. Founded, academically. Right. And founded the uh, the company Lindley, which does amazing furniture. Mm. Uh, you know, super expensive. How expensive is it for like a chair? Like thousands of pounds really? for a chair, yeah. Bargain. Let's but, get two. But honestly, very, very beautiful stuff. And it's been very successful uh, and it was sold on in 2012, so he's no longer sort of leading on it. He's very involved in Christie's, so he's chairman, executive, honourable chairman of Christie's now. So part of all the auction. Sort of, the auction company, so furniture and that sort of project. He's always been known as being 
very good at the networking and making um, sort of uh, um, sort of connections and things. So he's, he did a restaurant at some point as well in, in um, London that went very well. So it's flair for business. Um, so uh, where was I going? Oh, I've, I've made notes, but I've lost my way. Um, <laughs> he's commercial. He's so, not bright, but, but he's, he's also he's not bright. But he's got commercial. So he was involved in a blackmail scandal in two thousand and seven, which is one of the things like. In 2007, we were adults, all adults. Mm. You're, you're older than the rest of us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think we'd remember it. I don't really remember was that. Was he blackmailed? Or was he he doing was the blackmail? blackmailed. Oh, yeah, over what? Um, oh, well, supposedly, allegedly, yeah. over some photos or film, film footage of him taking cocaine and in some sort of sexual... Really? That's, that's a good very, story. That's very Princess Margaret. It is very Princess Apple Margaret. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, allegedly. But, allegedly. sex romp. Um, but he reported it, and the people... I won't... Dane's to mention the details, but he, um, they went to prison for five years. Oh, that's so good. Actually, we don't you know, like blackmailers. We don't like blackmailers. So that's, that's a bit of a scandal. Mm, good. Um, and then his second scandal is more recent. So in 2018, he stood for uh, election to a crossbench peerage in the House of Lords. Now, American listeners are going to be completely baffled by this whole next segment in that uh, the House of Lords is obviously where people sit by the nature of their title, formerly hereditary, uh, but now also given by the government. So everyone goes, oh, there are elections. Yes, listeners, there are elections. There are 92 hereditary peers, and they stand for election when a seat becomes vacant. Right. And so he put his name forward as the uh, Earl of Stone. He's entitled to do that. No, no, raised eyebrows. Everyone looking around going, member of the royal family standing to uh, have a seat in the House of Lords. I don't think we like this. Now, all of the members of the royal family can sit in the House of Lords because they have peerages. Well, they could have done before the, the, the 2009. Right. Whatever year. Yeah. 1999 yeah. changes. Really? Yeah. But they didn't because they're members of the royal family and the Queen... You the know, convention the, is that they don't. convention is they don't. Right. Which is when I was learning a lot about Edward VII because he tried to... Anyway, but anyway, yeah. whole nother story. Um, so he put his name forward. He did not win. Um, and it also apparently he didn't really try, but it raised lots of eyebrows, lots of questions. It was another bit of like, oh, here we go again. Right. Um, the Earl of Devon won, in case people want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and he won. This is my favourite bit. The Earl of Devon won that election with seven votes, as in he got seven votes and won. What? Really? Yeah. How, who was because that? The electorate was thirty-one people. Because only hereditary only, peers and could only. Vote. Only oh. crossbench hereditary peers could vote. Yeah, because oh, you, you vote for your own pool yeah. of people. Yeah, right, right, and it's right. just the most bonkers elections, That's which amazing. is also a lovely bit that I love coming out of That's great. Why did he, did he say why he story? wanted to be a crossbench peer? No, we don't know any of that information. Right. But yeah, I just think... That's great. Yeah. So he's quite interesting. He's also, you know, married to someone who distantly related to the royal family themselves. Natch. Kind of classic, proper, aristocratic ways of doing things. So what does he do now, having sold the furniture business? Uh, well, he's actually quite he's old as well, so he's probably more sort of semi-retired, and he's obviously executive chairman of Christie's, so he's involved in other bits and pieces. But, I don't think he's that old. I think he's like in his 60s. Six, but most people in their 60s retire. Yeah, but that's not old, mm. though. No, 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 true. No, but he's people in their retired 60s are entitled to go to the countryside yeah. and do nothing. I think he's also recently separated from his wife. Oh, he? I didn't read that. That's why she wasn't at the funeral. Uh, really? Yeah. I don't like divorces. No, I don't think anybody likes a divorce, Elliot. I don't think um, it's up there on the things that people are hoping to do in their lifetime. No, that's very true. But mm. they are reality. It's quite a popular thing in the royal family. Well, it's quite mm. a bit of a fashion. Well, I think that was a very well, that's good. very good. Very good manner of the week. I always love this furniture. It's great. Well, James, you shall be in charge of my role of the week next week. So Pleasure. If you could this time, I'll pick choose a, a royal. Match that. Choose a member. Pick a royal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that was the big thing, of course, because I was debating. 
He is very firmly a member of the royal family because when he stood for the House of Lords, he goes, he's a member of the royal family. Yeah, he's can't definitely, do this. He's definitely yeah. a member of the royal family. Definitely. But minor. Well, that has been fabulous. Well, guys, Sorry for rattling through. No, it was great. Nobody slid into our DMs this week, oh. so I haven't got any letters from our listeners. But guys, slide into our DMs. We want to hear from you. You can access us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. We are at Windsor Watch Pod. So, yeah, get in touch. And we look forward to probably talking about Prince Harry and Meghan next Wednesday. See you then. Bye. Take care. Toodaloo. See you.